0: Love Talk Radio.
1: And along with me is Jay Logan. Good morning, Jay. How are you
2: today? Good morning, Ian. I'm doing fine today. It's a beautiful, rainy, rainy West Coast day.
1: <laughs> no rain here in New York. It's just a beautiful, sunny, fall day. There are leaves on the ground. It is, it is definitely musical, and I'm sure we can write lots of songs about it.
2: Oh, that's wonderful. Well, you know, I would, I'll would take you up on that offer.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Write some songs about fall in New York, rain in San Francisco. So today is we are having a few amazing guests. We will be talking about the music business and technology. And the business of technology and just the relationships, as always, that parents and children have, when it comes to the music that they listen to together, so Jay, anything exciting today, this week with your with your daughters, and any new music that they're excited about?
2: Yes, um, uh, uh, she. This morning, I took her to school, and this time she told me about a a a guy named IS That's spelled I Y A Z. I uh, guess he, he's on uh, Hannah Montana's, uh, one of her songs, and he's rapping along with her, and all her friends at school are excited about this i character. I I don't know who he is, but I listened to the song, Ian, and I kind of dug it. You know, it's kind of cool. You know, it's kind of, it's, I think she, her music taste is growing, you know. So, i and I don't know why he spells his name like that, Ian, but that's the guy for this week, i So she switched over to i and Hannah Montana and she told me Anna, Hannah Montana is getting old and she's like 10 years old so i'm like Hannah Montana is getting old and she's like 16 or 17 wow that was quick she aged really quickly there
1: <laughs> well i well i know that this is the final season of Hannah Montana on the Disney Channel as just like with all other trends with with kids and with music and even in teenagers like the like the trends just always change as kids Outgrow things quickly I've seen so many studies That the first show That children outgrow Is Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood As children watch Sesame Street And we're watching Mr. Rogers I'm not even sure if it's on the air I know that he passed away a few years ago Sorry kids if you heard that
2: That's funny I I, I never outgrow Mr. Rogers It didn't happen to me I feel like Mr. Rogers To this day you know, as you know too, the kids—they turn me on to this thing, and um, it's called Cows, Cows, and Cows, and it's on YouTube. Cows. And it's this little music—it's this little music, cow music—that plays behind it, and they love it. It's kind of like these cows—they're dancing around and they're doing all these digital stuff. So, you know, if you get your kids and you get a chance to check it out, it's called Cows, Cows, and Cows. So, I just wanted to share that with our, our listening public.
3: Cows. Yeah,
2: they're in the cows for some reason, and they're worried about cows. And kids, you know, they love animals. So this is kind of a thing. All the kids in California are looking at this YouTube video, Cows, Cows, and Cows, and they like the music. They tend to like silly things that go along with the music. So if you do some music and you have some silly, silly visual things that go in, go into it, the kids love it because they like to laugh. So I, I'm noticing that, you know, with kids, they like visual music. They want to see it. And with this new digital uh technology, they love to see silly stuff that goes along with the music. So I just wanted to share that with the public. So it's kind of strange. So I watched this thing, and I started laughing. So when you get a chance, Ian, you got to see this thing. Cows, cows, and cows.
1: And cows. Wow. like cow. the Don't have a cow bad. Right.
2: <laughs> and so this technology that these kids are, you know, when we were young, we had Mr. Rogers, and we had to look at the train, and, the puppets, and but now they can do all these wonderful things with this new technology, and the kids are loving it. They're loving the digital artwork, and they they're just loving any, everything that's digital. And um, we kind of had uh, realism when we were young. Mister Rogers was great because you could actually touch him and see him, and we had Ronald McDonald and you know stuff like that. So uh, it's different now with all this technology with these children. So, so, it's like, what do you think is like the biggest thing with the
1: technology that's that's moved things from like where people get their content. I know we were talking about this a few weeks ago when I was out west that there's questions and it's it becomes like this blur of where you receive your content. It's like I know when I was a kid it was there was the TV, there was the radio, there was the movies and I and t v was clearly t v radio was clearly radio, but now a computer i mean this is an internet radio show we're we're producing right now. It becomes somewhat difficult to like differentiate like what is the what is the service that is providing this, and what is the medium It's become a blur. It's like is a video on YouTube the someone puts on YouTube considered television.
2: Well, I, I would say what's changed the game in, and from my perspective, is the evolution of the smartphone. The revolution has, it has changed everything. I mean, just three years ago, you know, when Apple introduced uh, the iPhone and these new apps, it just changed. The smartphone has changed the game, and that's that's the biggest thing. If you look at the uh, the Windows Mobile and the Android devices, and it's just has been an explosion of music smartphone software and all this stuff has just changed the game. So who knows where we're going to be in two or three years from now? It's just a smartphone revolution, and that affects uh, YouTube. That affects the computer. Just from that one thing, hardware, that smartphone, has changed the whole world.
1: Indeed. I I know there are times now like where I just plug my iPhone into my car stereo, and I'll listen to Pandora or I'll listen to baseball games on... On like the MLB app, and it's no, and it's you just there's just through the internet, it's gone from just being limited to what's in the terrestrial air to so many, not just even paid options, but free options over a paid medium being wireless internet. Right, right, and, and that's. Like, just, and that's just,
2: yeah, go ahead. Directly, I, mean,
1: I could be driving in New York listening to a radio station in California.
2: <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah, that, yeah, That's amazing. So the world has got smaller musically, and then you tend to see your kids. like, Jelena, always asking, Dad, can I see your phone? Can I see your phone? I want to listen to something. Can I see your phone? And it's kind of like a record player in the car. And you can listen to both calls, and so you can listen to you have your choice. You have the freedom to choose if you want to listen to California stations or New York stations or, you know, Florida stations or even European stations. So that's so amazing now that now we have a choice and we're not programmed. We get to program ourselves with these new um, phones, and there's just a a wide spectrum of apps for these Android, iPhones, and it's just an incredible time to live in, kind of like we live in the Dick Tracy era uh, when they had the phone on the wristwatch, but it's just an iPhone now. Oh, yeah, it's, it's incredible. I think, it's that incredible.
1: Even, I think that even the Dick Tracy, it's, the phones are going to get smaller, and the user experience that we have, even on these mini screens, like is going to. I just that's that's what I love about technology. You just don't know what's going to be happening ten years from now.
2: Yeah, and in and the touch the touch screen revolution, where now you can just touch the screen, and you, you don't really need buttons and knobs. You can just use your fingers and touch the screen. That's amazing, too, you know. Um, you don't have knobs anymore <laughs> or, or faders or buttons. You can just touch the screen. So you can virtually do anything with these amazing apps now. It's, just, it's, just, it's so incredible. The phone can listen to uh, other radio stations and tell you what song is being played. That's kind of amazing, some of the apps that tell you, telling you what songs and who the author is, who the songwriter, who produced it, what's the name of the song. Those type of apps are incredible. Um it's just it's just getting it's getting where the computer is almost uh it's almost a person. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but we even
1: though even though this show we're doing right now is being completely created by computers. And so I'm using my iPhone and we're using a service called Blog Talk Radio, which you obviously are all are aware of since you're listening to this show right now. I'm just we're, I'm just looking forward to The question is, it's like, where does this technology fit in with children? Yeah. Uh, Well,
2: it fits in where they're able to access more information than ever in the history of the world, um, where they are learning so fast. The learning curve has definitely got smaller. So things that would have taken us, in my my generation, a year to learn, they're able to learn that in a week. Um, One thing an example um, I took piano lessons and I went to San Francisco Music College well I went there for four years well now they can go and take a course with the com- computer aided in six months and learn what I learned in the, in the late 70s early 80s in six months which took me four years so that is alone; it's amazing so you got these kids these super kids coming out of school Flying on the keyboards, flying on the instruments, know everything, they can have a discussion with you about the history of music. Which is I am like, little kid, um, what do you know? What do you what do you know about David Bowie? You know, what do, and he's gonna tell me everything about David Bowie. So that's just incredible how this technology has sped up the learning curve. And that's that's one of the things that's amazing. Um, you just see all these talented kids just come out of these schools, whether they're teenagers or even six year olds, you know. It makes me just like I quit playing key- keyboards again. I just don't want to play anymore because i got this little six-year-old. You know, he's on top of me. <laughs> wow.
1: Thanks,
2: so, But, yeah. but just
1: think of it like this. It's like, you know, like the movie School of Rock? Uh, oh,
2: yeah, I love that movie. Yeah.
1: Like, I mean, that could be it. It could be you and a group of these super smart kids who just are just these amazing musicians. And apparently, actually, like that movie, the casting of it was all those kids in those movies were were gifted musicians, and they weren't necessarily actors. And they were all and they were all cast, and they all took acting lessons, and so they came off as they did. And it's just amazing what kids can do. All right, it looks like we've got our uh, our first two guests, so let's bring them on. Wonderful. Excellent. Hold on One second. Hello. Hi, this is Ian and Jay here on
2: Parents, Kids Music.
0: Hi, it's Alex. Hello, Alex. Well, Welcome. Hi. Thank you.
1: Hey, Alex. <laughs> and, and this is Gail hey. Davis. Hello, Gail. Welcome. So, um, Alex and Gail, why don't you just briefly explain to um, our audience um, who you are and, um, and what brings you to this beautiful show today here on Parents Kids Music. You can start with Alex and then with Gal.
0: Sure. Um, my name's Alex and uh, basically I work in the music industry for Billboard Magazine. I'm the Associate Chart Productions Manager and um, I also work uh, music store retail on the weekends. So, uh, music, music, music. Music!
1: Music! Cows, cows, cows. <laughs> and, um, I'm Gail Davis, and I work for the Goldwaters Group. We're based in New York and London, and we do business development, marketing, and strategy for the music industry, tech industries, nonprofit, and, uh, and uh, small business, Fortune 500. So uh, we do music as well. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Thank you, both of you, for joining us today. Goodbye. No, just kidding. um, Jay and I um, have been talking about the technology and how kids just are able to quickly just jump into this technology in ways that previous generations haven't. And and I'd love to hear what you see on an industry standpoint with this convergence of music and technology and how it's embraced by children.
0: Well, I mean, uh, from the standpoint of what I see, it's, uh, highly embraced. I mean, most, you know, kids, I mean, they don't even really buy music anymore. They, uh, find it online, um, via the many different mediums, be, you know, streaming the videos or streaming the songs or going to illegal sites and downloading what they want. Um, and they're just a lot more, uh, on the cusp of things because of how much that is out there and uh, being able to find that.
1: Wow. And, and, Gail, do you have any insight as well? Um, on my side, it's you know, it's really interesting. Um, I was talking with Jay yesterday, and we were talking about how the situation with music is and the fact that kids have these new sites that they're going to with these new girl bands and new boy bands, and they go to sites that we don't even know about, don't even have access to at all. You know, it's really really interesting to see that the music that's coming out now, like, you know, the Jonas Brothers, I thought that was the most hip thing in Montana, and that's no longer hip. Like, I'm considered old school now just with that. So it's just like they're embracing new music as quickly as it comes out, and it's very—it's like the refreshing, very poppy side. So, I'm—I'm I'm not sure that we are in step w- with what's coming out because it comes out so quickly. I mean, Alex, what do you think about that? You deal with this every day.
0: Yeah, well, you see different trends and you see different things in uh, streaming and so on and so forth. I mean, there's, you know, a lot of stuff, uh, you know, being discovered online through YouTube. And uh, other sources like that, such as, you know, like Justin Bieber, who's now the latest craze. Um, You know, as a matter of fact, worldwide, I mean, he's closing down airports and shopping malls when he makes appearances. It's just ridiculous. And uh, for an artist who, you know, has that, you know, ferocious of a fan base, um, and basically it's been developed through the online medium um, where he was discovered and then eventually, you know, hooked up with Usher and signed to you know island records so um it's just a whole different ball game out there now with the many different platforms and the endless you know web that it is to find and discover music and um you know it's a very different world now than it was let's say like 10 years ago wow
1: and And just to imagine what 10 years from now will look like. Like, do, like, there's many things that have just changed. Like, do, like, do kids even understand, like, the concepts of, like, how music was distributed, like, for for decades through albums and through singles? I mean, like, radio... Like, the access to, like, traditional radio and television has just really just, I feel, has merged with the Internet and has become blurry about about the where place where this content's being discovered and delivered by people.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is so different. And um, the kids, they really don't have an idea. Most of them don't. I mean, you show them a vinyl record and, you know, some of them, you know, like a a 45, they don't know what that is. Um, They may know more of what a vinyl LP is due to the fact that that's having some type of resurgence in the past couple of years, and it's the only medium of music to show an increase from year to date um, the past two years. Um, But, you know, for the most part, they they don't know that. I mean, they've grown up in, in, in a world where everything has been accessible via the net. I mean, and they don't look at the uh, fact of needing to own it even. I mean, if they want to listen to it, they just go to a site and stream it or play the video that's on one of the channels somewhere online, and they can listen to what they want. Um, You know, and with, you know, the fact of when you have the net, when someone licensed something, let's say to the television show, look at the success of Glee. Um, you know, th- that night when stuff airs, it's up on iTunes, and you see people purchasing that, and they're purchasing the singles. It's back to a singles market, not an albums market. And that's due to, you know, that internet and the, the immediate gratification that you can get or find something that you've heard or want. Yeah, do
1: people even understand what albums are anymore? I you think, know, think I don't,
0: most I don't of them
1: think, know what a CD is. I don't think It's not even do. so much about a CD or it's not even so much about the physical medium, but the fact is when you've got a digital medium, you can have infinite number of tracks and put in whatever order they want that, I mean, the idea of like concept albums of like, Dark Side of the Moon and things of that sort of like the rock albums of the seventies. Like the idea that this came from an album that, or like what Smashing Pumpkins has been doing by just releasing a song every so every, every few months as part of an album that's being released over a year. Do do people does this younger younger generation understand like an album of like just music being displayed together as just this one, like, individual product or document or creation. I think that one of the things is that young people do understand, but young people also understand the power of social media, and they understand the fact that they can now pick and choose. I think social media has allowed people to come in and choose a different item. So if I want uh, a song from Smashing Pumpkins, but I also want a song you know, from Lady Gaga, and I also want a song from Justin Bieber. I don't have to be saddled with the whole album. I could create an album of different artists. And I think that's what appeals to the young crowd because they really get very bored quickly with something that they have to listen to the whole thing when they may only be interested in one or two songs. And I think adults are getting that way. I think because they're on the Internet and everything, and, you know, a web page turns quickly, a download comes to us quickly. I think we want, like Alex was saying earlier, it's immediate gratification. But, you know, those are my thoughts. What do you think, Alex?
0: Well, I know that if the fan base is that engaged with that artist and feel like they connected with that artist and they know that artist, they want everything that uh, that artist does. Hence, you have Certain artists that are still selling decent numbers for this day and age, like a Gaga or like a Bieber or even Eminem recently with his latest release. Um, but otherwise, if they aren't that engaged with that artist and entrenched in everything that they're doing, then it is a pick and choose and, oh, I like the song, the song is cool, and creating their own, per se, playlist or album of what they like.
2: You know, you guys, I I, I agree with you guys because it's a a group called Owl City, and I know you're familiar with them, Alex, and they released an album, their third album is called Ocean Eyes. It was released on iTunes Mm -hmm. like uh, in July of 2009, and then they followed up with a hard copy like 14 days later, and it debuted at 27 on the Billboard 200 chart. Uh, uh, And that's what they do. They're happy with the artists. Material in the beginning, they will go out and purchase everything that artist has done, and that seems to be the trend. So, I, I both you guys, Gail, uh, Alex, that's uh, that's that's true. That's very true, and that's what this guy um, Alex Young, I believe his name is, has done with this group Owl City. Um, they released the stuff on iTunes, and if the audience loves it. They're supported. So that seems to be the way things go with our album sales.
0: It does. It's, uh, you know, it's a lot different. I mean, we're way past the uh, stages of million-selling weeks, and we always hope that maybe that will happen again. Uh, but, you, can't, you know, in this day and age, it doesn't seem at least feasible um, at this point. Um, but we hope that that does get achieved again. And we're, you know, I think everybody in this industry is waiting for the next possible contender to achieve that status.
2: You know what's really
1: crazy, though, Alex, if you think about it? What we're starting to see now is, like, high school students who are getting ready to go into the college area, like college kids are going back to starting to buy vinyl again, and we're seeing Mm -hmm. a resurgence again of old music. Like, I don't mean sampling. Like, people are, like, college students want to listen to the old music and want to listen have those groups come out again, and it's putting the new, like, even the candy-coated artists that are coming out now, it's forcing them to really at least have a voice and be singing about something. Because I'm even hearing kids say, you know, Lady Gaga, she's really cool. She's, You know, when she's on stage, she says some of the coolest things. And even Justin Bieber, they're saying, you know, even though he's like the apple pie kind of guy um, that all the kids love, some of the things I gather when he's on stage, he says some things that are just not the regular old stuff for the teenagers to stay in school or whatever. He says, like, really cool stuff that they can relate to. So yeah, I think I mean, like, with Taylor Swift, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, you know, so I, mean, I, th- it's, I think uh, we're definitely seeing a resurgence, and the college market is really interesting for like the incoming freshmen from high school, and also the um, the sophomores, the first two years. Like vinyl is just happening. I seen th- I've been told that um, there's an increase in vinyl sales again you know, the hardcore records, and people are going back to CDs again, which was surprising. I mean, are you hearing
0: that? Well, I'm not hearing so much people going back to CDs. Um, CDs are still, you know, falling um, compared to last year. But album is, you know, increasing, and the labels are reissuing vinyl more and more each week. I mean, even uh, Taylor Swift recently, you know, she's become a vinyl junkie. There was a whole article I was reading She went vinyl shopping and she told her label with her new album, which comes out Monday, she wants it on vinyl and they are releasing it on vinyl. It's, you know, the fact of holding that product and, you know, and it's cool and it's considered hip and it is, it's, you know, all the rays in some of these colleges. I mean, these kids have turntables in their dorm rooms and now you have the capability, you know, of taking that turntable and hooking it up to your computer and downloading the vinyl sound into an MP3 file onto your mp3 player i mean so it's exactly. considered really cool and the sound that it's- comes from that vinyl is a lot warmer and it's a lot better in my opinion that sound that comes from that vinyl than the digital or cd file that you get
1: oh that that's so true because i mean even the high school students the high school students at their proms and you know um their parties you know the guys are now like they think it's kind of cool to be in their garages and you know t- t- doing the vinyl, but having the vinyl go into their computer so that they have the DJ sounds for later. That's what I'm seeing a lot of kids do. So it's like it's college and it's high school and it's 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 like really cool because it's, it's teaching them like once they go and see certain vinyl records, that's what I've been hearing a lot of high school students say. Oh, my mom used to listen to this, and I saw it over at the record store, so I'm going to go pick it up. It may even allow for the mom-and-pop stores to come back where the kids start going through the stores looking for the vinyl again.
0: That would be nice. I don't know if that's really going to happen because uh, they can usually go online and purchase it online. And you know, That's true. Just, that's true. You know, you still have your vinyl stores, and some of them do succeed. And I mean, I know the store that I work on on the weekends, we don't stock vinyl. But, I mean, he's able to survive because of the net and because he has his inventory up online and we deal in used product. You know, he's able to ship worldwide and keep himself afloat, whereas a lot of other stores who were not as savvy to do that uh, sell by the wayside and had to close. Okay. Well,
2: Excellent.
1: I Yes, is- we do have our next guest coming up. So, um, Gail and Alex, um, if you just have any final thoughts on this industry side of the music, I would, uh, I I would love to hear them.
0: Um, it's just a whole different ballgame out there now, and it's just a very fascinating time to see what's happening and see what's going to happen. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, this industry will be able to recover or be able to adjust and still be able to prosper somewhat uh, going into the future. Um,
1: My final thoughts is I have a prediction. Well, actually some predictions based off our conversation with Alex and I. Um, One is that vinyl will make a resurgence um, for both high school students and college students because they love to have their dorm parties and they love to have their senior year parties in high school and more and more increasingly they're buying vinyl. Uh, Number two, I think that – mostly everything at some point, as Alice also said, things will be available online, That and basically CDs will be completely wiped out. I think it's going to come to a point of vinyl or digital downloads. And thirdly, I see a, see a resurgence of parents and children and, and just people in between age coming together around the older music that's therefore going to make the new artists coming out today They have to have a talent. They have to be talented and also have something to offer their younger audience because the younger audience gets so bored so quickly. Those are my predictions.
2: Excellent. I have something to add add, uh, for the whole panel here. The most sold CD now in the history of CDs is a blank CDR. That's all I have to say.
1: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) All the royalties for Staples <laughs> or Memorex. Wow. That's, that's good. <laughs> CDs, DVDs. I'm, and you know what? In the history, that, that's something most people don't think of, Jay. So thank you. So thank you, Gail. Thank you, Alex. And Thanks. thank you for joining have us today. Right, have a bye. good day. All right, bye. All right. And just like that, we have our next guest before I bring him on. I would like to um, say that at 1245, that is 945 on the East Coast, we will be opening the lines to guests who would like to call us. The number is 661-244-9800. That's 661-244-9800. And just like that, let's bring on our next guest. Hello. Hi, you're on with Jay and Ian here on Parents, Kids Music.
3: Welcome. Hi, this is a uh John Boyd. I'm um, I should start by saying I'm a father of uh, two girls, four and six, uh also the founder of Meeting Wave and an attorney by training.
1: Excellent. Welcome, John.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so
2: John.
4: Uh, John. Jonathan. Yes, hi. Um I'm John Carlin. I'm um, have the honor of saying I'm probably the person on the show that's known the host the longest, uh, which is Kind of a thrill as you know, going to the topic of talking about childhood memories. I am um, a technology uh, technology executive. Um, I live in St. Louis, work in New York, and uh, I have a three and a half year old daughter.
1: So we have a lot of technology. We have a lot of kids, and and Jonathan and and, and John John number two, as we could say, or J O N or J O H N. I've known since we were actually were kids, and as he just mentioned, and it's an honor to have both of you on this show today. So, Jay, you have any oh, questions good. for John, or John, or John, and John? Yeah,
2: I, I have one. I have one for. Can I just say, John, to both of you guys, because both of you guys kind of are John. So, this is one to both of you guys. And whatever, whatever John answers first is fine with me. <laughs> what kind of music did you guys listen to growing up? Oh, first let me start by, by
3: by saying you can refer to me as Boyd. My wife calls me Boyd. That's my last name. People use Boyd as a way to address. I might make it simpler. Um, I would say it was uh, uh, a mix. I remember uh, James Taylor, uh, Carol King, Elton John, The Eagles. Um, actually, there's a library in my hometown where I, I used to uh, take. Uh, I used to be able to uh, take out uh, albums, uh, to listen to, and I I remember listening to uh, Willie Nelson, Stardust. Album got introduced to the Grateful Dead, Bob Dylan. I knew it was kind of a mix of what my parents were listening to and what I got exposed to. I had a really,
4: I had a really diverse um, kind of music background as a kid. Uh, very little of it was was mainstream. Um, at a fairly young age, I got involved in in uh, classical music. Uh, I played I played clarinet in, in uh, school, and I, I kind of grew up. <clears throat> Wanting to get into that professionally, which didn't pan out because it's a very hard field to crack into. But I, I, I wanted to be um, a composer and a conductor. Um, yeah, I had some, you know, some appreciation for the stuff that all the other kids were listening to, but and I was the the, the typical band geek, and and I really loved that sort of music.
2: Wow. That, that's, that's great. So I was going to ask you, Boyd, like those albums, like our, our last caller, Gail Davis, was, was speaking on albums in the vinyl. And, you know, like one thing with my kid, I was playing like an old vinyl album the other day, and she was amazed. She said, Daddy, what what is that? And then the amazing thing about it, Boyd, was when I turned it over, she said, wow, you can turn it over and play it on both sides? Can you do that with your CDs? And so that was kind of amazing. So I just want to tap on those, those album, that album thought that you had because, she was saying, you all saying albums were going to come back. Do you feel that that might happen also? Actually,
3: I have got a box of albums that I I I've been thinking about getting a record player, so they haven't actually seen a vinyl album uh yet. It would be interesting to see how they how they respond to that. Um you know, I think they're amazed uh by technology, you know, be able to Put on the radio. They think you can rewind or play back something on the radio. They don't really, you know, always get the difference between a CD and, and what's, what's playing on FM. Um, but yeah, I, I think they would be kind of very shocked and surprised and, 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 and excited to see uh, the old fashioned album, be able to turn it over and, and, and uh, watch it play, basically.
2: Yeah. <laughs> what, what about what about you? Uh, you think uh, albums will come back, John? Uh,
4: huh? Well. My my question on that would be would be that kids you know, it, it might be popular as as your previous guests were talking about with the the high school group the the kids today like you know, my, you know, my my daughter who's three and a half years old her frame of reference is so different everything that that, that she understands is technology when she's three and a half years old and she knows how to operate you know, my my wife's in my iPhones um, she you know she'll tell us to download stuff. Um, she gets impatient when she want when something she wants to watch on television isn't on because she's so used to a, a DVR society. Oh. So you know that she, you know, she does show some interest in anything that's that's new and different that that she sees uh, us doing, and then I'm sure she gets more out of the house and into the you know, the, the the real world. But their frame of reference of of, of what they see and do is is so different. Yeah, I mean the, the the stuff that we thought was high tech as a kid, and, and I'm starting to sound like, like 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 my parents, which scares me. But you know, the thought that I, uh, I I remember owning a black and white television. Now my my daughter will never have known anything other than a flat screen. It's just it's it, the 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 frame of reference is so different that I, I don't know if, if kids that are that are really little, at, you know, in 2010, are going to have that sort of interest in something that old.
1: Okay. I see it more of a nostalgia thing. I think the real issues and the real questions have been about how are kids going to get their music? Because there's just thanks to the internet, you've just got, as I've been saying from the beginning of the show, it's become kind of ambiguous. Like, what is TV? Is watching a, an episode of of a television show on Hulu considered television? It's really about it's really about just the peer pressure and finding out things from friends at school, as well as just so many different ways of discovery. So it's like, what do you all see as parents as as it's like what do you ex- what kind of music do you expose your your children to, and what what if anything have they exposed to you?
4: Well, kids today. I mean, and I'm sure kids always are. They're are sponges. I mean, my my daughter has been driving around listening to music that my wife and I have had on the radio, and before we were even aware that she was paying any attention to it, she started singing some of it. Um, and the same is true, obviously, for for TV and and, and other forms of media. Um, and my, again, and my daughter is still pretty young, so her her musical um, reference that that she shares with with us is. Kids' songs and TV theme songs and things like that. She's not yet really into the pop culture scene, obviously at three and a half, but she definitely gets into it. Um, and the, the one exception to what she's introduced to us is she is into dance, so she hears some of those things there and, and we're at the rehearsals. And, and there's a, there's a bond formed through, through you know, the the songs that you hear at, at the dance studio, and you know, we all, have, my, my wife and I, have them on our iPods and. We play them for her, and she'll dance at home. So that's you know, there, there's some level of introduction to music that I might not have otherwise heard from that standpoint. But, you know, she's not yet in school and listening to music with friends and et cetera.
1: Got it. And I also see every so often on your Facebook when you bring her to, like, Disney on Ice and all those different different events and different Entertainment for kids and just exposing things together.
4: Right, and you know, she doesn't understand you know, the the different components yet. I, I don't think, but I I do like to give her as many of those experiences as possible. And, and, and something like Disney on Ice really is great because it I mean, it kind of puts a, hu- a humanity to some of the things she sees on TV. It combines music and and, and visual, and, and she sees the physicality and athleticism of, of the performers. Um, so I, I think that's actually a tremendous um, immersion for a young kid into into artistic culture.
3: I, yeah, and uh, to continue I, with that, I think to a certain extent, um, you know, technology has, does two things. One, is it makes content more easily to to access in different ways. You have more control. Uh, so there are more pipes to us than our kids uh, in the form of iPhones, uh, you know, your laptop, uh, cable TV. Uh, but then on the flip side, there's different types of content that they get exposed to. So one thing, one thing my kids love watching is a YouTube video of someone, like an individual, like say a kid, singing a pop song or dancing to a pop song. Um, you know that one video where the the wedding, people dancing down the wedding aisle. They were they just loved that. They thought it was amazing. Um, the guy who was doing that dance around the world. Um, they enjoyed that as well. So I think the ability for all a greater variety of of different types of content uh, to be exposed to kids really does expose them to more artistic, uh, more creativity, um, and a greater variety of things. And it really does seem to pique their interest.
1: Excellent. I'd, I'd like to just turn this around a little bit, and I'd ask you about the relationships of of your parents exposing you to music and if, the, if they – have similar musical tastes as you, and how you got along or not musically growing up, and even today.
4: My parents took me to some concerts when I was a kid, which which I think formed my um, my orchestral classical interests. Uh, I, I have one of my earliest musical recollections, although it it was actually probably. Towards my my early teen years was a a summer concert we went to up uh, in Connecticut where um, you know it was it was a sort of a pops concert so it was it was orchestral but it was um tuny and uh and and the conductor that night was a tremendous showman and and I remember really kind of being kind of formed by that and and that sort of matches my my parents' musical interests. you know, uh, my interest still remain in, in in the classical orchestral world, and just uh, my my parents and I kind of compare and contrast in that we we both kind of like those popsy tuny concerts, but um, my parents don't like anything kind of avant-garde where they where, where modern music starts to encroach. Whereas I find that that very interesting. So that that's the the, the comparison and contrast between their view and, and my view of I mean, my my parents would would just like to listen to the Boston Pops all day which I think would would pretty much sum that up. I I you know I, I kind of like to hear some experimentation in music um and that's that's sort of where where I stand on it.
1: Thanks Boyd, how about you?
3: Uh I think my experience might have been a little different because I had six kids in my family. Um Probably spread over eight or nine years, and so as a result, yeah, the influence of your parents being mixed with the influence of the oldest once she, be, you know, became let's say 11, uh, uh, eleven, twelve, or a teen, and uh, making more demands on what music's played in the car or or the house. Uh, you know, my parents were interested in, as I mentioned, James Taylor, Carol King, jazz, <clears throat> classical, but they also enjoyed. Um, my dad enjoyed Pink Floyd, uh, for for instance. Uh, but uh, there was a period of time in which I think my sisters were pretty much driving what music was was being was being played, um, and I don't I don't recall them ever pushing back on on, on what uh, was being played, but rather trying to uh, be play referee between what the younger kids wanted to hear and what the older kids wanted to hear.
1: Excellent, Jay. Do you have any um, anything any questions? Or any
2: topics yeah, or anything about our experiences? I wanted to know as far as the new tech, high tech toys, um, what is a lenient amount of time, or if at all, to let your kids play with your smartphones, your computers, or your iPads? Or, or if at all, should you let the, your kids enjoy these new high tech
3: toys? Hey um, Boyd, you can answer that one for me. Okay, I I I my uh, six year old has her own laptop, but I don't let her surf the internet. Um, so whenever we're on the internet, I'm pretty much want to sit with her. But she pretty much knows what to ask for. Like on YouTube, she wants to ask for certain types of video. They they discovered Michael Jackson videos on YouTube, and they just love them. Uh, thriller, Beat It. Uh, we've watched them several times in the past uh, past month on uh, the iPad. I often let her, uh, the iPod rather, I let, I let her use it. I ran into difficulty because I downloaded the wrong I Want to Be a mil- Billionaire song, which was the explicit one, so I have to uh, solve that. Um, but pretty much I, I do try to keep control over what she, what they get exposed to, uh, but they do have a pretty ferocious appetite for, for new music and and, uh, and uh, be able to see new types of videos. Does she,
2: did she ha- have any like any of this leapfrog new technology that they're kind of teaching the kids how to use these computers? If you're familiar with leapfrog um, toys, um, uh, uh, John, does your kid have any leapfrog type of devices that helps her educate? Yeah, yeah. My, my, my,
4: my daughter does have, have a leapster, which she kind of has an off, on-again, off-again relationship. I think really what she likes the most is, is, is playing with um, her mom's and, and, and my iPhone she loves apps. She knows how to navigate the Apple App Store um, and find apps. Um, She still has to have us buy them because she doesn't know how to type in a password yet. Thankfully, otherwise we'd be really in trouble. Um, (laughs) You know, kind of the the funny anecdote or almost scary anecdote is is, is the the downside is I found myself at the Apple Store this past Monday night after she absolutely shattered uh, my wife's iPhone 4. Um, That's the downside of of letting your kid play with, with technology. Uh, the iPad is completely and totally off limits. Um, although she sure is, is curious whenever she sees me have it, but she is at the ripe old age of three and a half is is certainly a tech veteran that can can navigate uh, a computer. Well, not not really a computer, but an, an iPhone or uh, some of the, the the lesser tech devices uh, as well as as, as some people uh, expo- exponentially older. Uh, so. I I think there's like been bad uh probably like, like both of our fathers. Um but the um I mean the the it, it's good that she's getting the exposure. Um I don't want to completely dehumanize her her childhood and make it all about about technology, even though I'm a technology professional, I love technology. But we all know how isolating technology can be and I don't want to see that. That that would be my only concern about how technological kids are today.
2: Right, right, right. The technology kinda isolates the kid from um reality, then that's is that what you're saying? Since you being a high tech guy, is that is that what I'm getting from you? Yeah. I mean
4: who who needs friends when you can have when you can have an iPhone that that, that with an endless <laughs> supply of apps or video games when they get older or computers when they learn how to how to get online. Um that's why I'm glad that she's in, in her dance class and she's in her uh, gymnastics and, and other things where she gets kind of the you know, not to be nostalgic but old-fashioned kind of interaction you know, people were doing dancing and gymnastics long before we were born and they'll be doing them long after we're gone and I'm glad that she has that mix of, of, of the new age technology um, to to see and, and, and be ready to use technology as she moves into school and, and into a career but also learns the, the personal and social experiences of, of what those other things provide.
2: So I guess uh, Club Penguin, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Club Penguin. You guys probably are. It's kind of like the kids' Facebook, and they kind of go to Club Penguin, and it's not that good because, as as you're saying, it's better to have your kid playing baseball, ballet, uh, you know, hanging out with the other kids so they'll get a sense of reality. So tech- Technology, Ian, might not be um, a total solution for your kid. Um Wow, that's uh, that's that's amazing. And John, I have, um, is there anything, do you like anything that your kids like, like the music that your kids, and this goes to both of you guys, is there any songs that you guys share in common, like, hey, you know, I can listen to that Justin Bieber song twice. I mean, is there anything like that that you might like with your kids and you share that uh, experience with your kids? Um, John, you can answer. Well, it, it's kind of
4: limited for me because she's she's so young. I mean, she she's experienced Hannah Montana only because of of her television show, which is, you know, which she has some exposure to. But the 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 modern pop music isn't really on her radar screen yet, just because I mean, her television is just things like Nickelodeon. She doesn't. To school with his kids, talking about the, about the latest stuff. So, I mean, my my frame of reference with her musically is is really limited to to what she sees on on everyday television and what she hears in her dance class.
2: Do You plan on interacting with her as soon as she comes of age, uh, like sharing some of the stuff and having a, a musical health with her.
4: Absolutely, I do. Um, I, I I thought it was a, a great bonding. Uh, experience with um, w- with my parents um, and the the two things that I, I look back on my childhood and thinking of, of as a bond um, with my parents in general, with my father in specific, are are sports and, and, and music. And I look forward um, to to playing that one forward. That's wonderful.
2: And boy, what about
3: you? Yeah, I think it's it it kind of goes through cycles actually my oldest daughter was very young she enjoyed some of the music i like she neil young song old man she wanted to hear over and over again uh Mm -hmm. some other music uh, i play we also got this jimmy buffett cd that was kids playing his songs and she she liked that as well i really wanted to stay away from kid music that i wouldn't enjoy like if you think of an analogy of movies i wanted to push them towards pixar versus barbie movies and i tried to do that at an early age, so I can at least find the music they wanted to hear over and over again uh, more tolerable. I mean, currently, the six-year-old likes a lot of pop songs, Katy Perry, Taylor Swift, um, things you hear on, on the radio, and, and I wouldn't say that's my favorite music, but I can listen to it. It's, it's better than, than you know Barney or, or, or kids' music. In fact, at one point, we had a CD. She got from a birthday party stuck in our car CD player, which were songs from either Barbie movies or Disney movies, and it just drove me up a wall, um, so I, I, I'm kind of enjoying the fact that she's listening to more music uh, that I that I like. And then the younger one, even she went to a black party, heard uh, Queens, "We Will Rock You," uh, and loved it. So I had that on uh, on our iPod. Um, they like Leonard Skinner, "Give Me Three Steps." So they like the mix of music that I listened to when I was, you know, a teen, let's say. Um, and then we can kind of uh, listen to the same music, uh, you know, pop music. Uh, and I, you know, enjoy the when we actually both really enjoy the the, the songs that are playing because, you, you know, they really get animated. They love singing them. Uh, as John mentioned earlier, it's amazing how quickly they learn lyrics. I mean, I, I'll hear my six-year-old, you know, sing a song word for word like she wrote it when I never even heard the song before. So they really do uh, get exposed to a lot more music and seem to embrace it.
2: Wow, that's 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 interesting. So, so when do you guys see when do you guys see this uh, technology with kids and music going? Just give me some. Um, what do you guys might think a ballpark? I don't, we don't know, but I'll start with you. Um, I'll start with you, John. Where do you see this going in the next five years with the with the kids thing with the music thing with technology? I
4: I think it's you know it's a process that's been set in motion that's that's not going to get any smaller. Um i mean five years still in the in the world of technology is <coughs> excuse me is is an infinite amount of time um i mean I, I think it's likely that five years from now you'll see a level of innovation that's you know equivalent to what happened between you know nineteen seventy and two thousand because uh, you can certainly say that technology's growth is 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 speeding up at that pace what a kid that that that'll be born two years from now, so they'll be three years old that, you know, five years from now we'll experience, I think, would would probably make what, what my daughter's experiencing seem primitive um, both in terms of of bandwidth because that's that's only going to grow so more will be available. Um, I think the, the uh, quality of portable devices that will let them experience things on the go will, will increase. The iPad being, you know, kind of a big first step, but, you know, iPad's I still horribly expensive, and you're not going to give give a three-and-a-half-year-old one now. Five years from now, I suspect they'll trade it at a much more reasonable price or the newer version of them, and kids will be that much more plugged in. And, then and there'll
1: be a lot more kids-safe probably as well.
4: Absolutely. Yeah, they'll, 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 I would imagine that there'll be a kind of kid-friendly version of the iPad, probably not by Apple because that's not really what they do. Um, but you'll see kids a lot more plugged in then than they are even now, and then the challenge as a parent will be the same thing that I was talking about even now, to, to keep humanity part of their lives.
1: Excellent, and we're we're, we're running out of time, so um, John and John, any final thoughts?
3: Yeah, I would just add that you know probably the same thing. My my six year old will probably get her own at least iPod uh, soon, and she'll download her music. Um, which you know compared to what was like when I was growing up, um, I didn't have music with me anytime, all the time, and whatever I want to listen to, uh, ready to go. So it's it really is a different experience for a young kid now. Now I do have concerns, which is you know the first time my daughter got to experience the uh, iPod, I had. She wore it all day long. She just was fascinated playing songs and everything else. And that you know, kids got to keep an eye on it, make sure that they don't listen to it too loudly. Not only what they're listening to, but also the volume. Uh, a recent study came out saying that we're seeing a record number of hearing loss among teens. And so I think you know, one concern to always you know keep in mind is are they are do they know how to use these devices? You know, particularly if they have earphones. Um, but I I think a kid today uh, is going to experience a lot more music. Uh, variety um, compared to when we were we were kids and I think that's a great thing
1: Excellent So, so John Carlin, John Boyd thank you very much for joining us today and sharing your insights as parents and as children
3: Well, Thank, you, for thank
4: you so much for having us
1: we're, we're glad you have joined us Thank you so much You have an excellent day
2: all right. All right, Jay. Yeah. What a wonderful oh. panel. We had Alex and Gail Davis and John Carlin and John Boyd. A lot of information is shared today in from both coasts. I appreciate Excellent. that. A- <clears throat> well, so I mean, Just
1: so up from the beginning. We I mean, going from the beginning of the show, where we were talking really about like the business of it and the tech aspect, and then bringing in a pair of of fathers and the relationships they have with their children, and the and just really just seeing on on a consumer level, on a professional level, where we are going with music, considering children and parents and the relationships.
2: Yeah, we really sound really up a lot today, and um, there's so many apps out there now, and I can just imagine these applications just getting better and better as uh, time goes on. And uh, like our last two uh, uh, people that were on the phone said that soon the kids will be plugged in even, even more at an earlier age, which is kind of scary, but, you know, that's technology. <laughs>
1: and also you've got parent supervision, so... There's always the responsibility in parents to make sure that children do get their lives outside of the Internet and outside of just content and entertainment, like how John's daughter is, goes to dance classes.
2: Very, very important. Very important to really be a human being. <laughs> it's very important. So great show, Ian, as usual. It's great um, Great to show, Jay.
1: <laughs>
2: and I can't wait to talk to you again from the coast, maybe on um, next week sometime. we have a wonderful Absolutely. show, then.
1: Absolutely. We're looking at doing a sh- our next show at on Tuesday, um, October 26th, same time, 9 p.m. on the West Coast, 12 p.m. on the East Coast. And if you live somewhere else in the world, we invite you to do the math. So, thank you very much. Thank you to Alex, Gail, John, John, and of course, Jay Logan. My name is Ian Eisenberg, and this is Parents Kids Music. Thank you, and have a great day. Yeah.